This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Gabby, you get the first that I show that I'm doing this on, but we now have a drinking with authors shot glass. Ooh. I'm going to do a shot. And it is um, cucumber lime vodka with a splash of cranberry. See, it's a little pink. And in case anybody's wondering, it's not fruit punch. <laughs> cranberry didn't help. Okay. Vanessa, what are you drinking? I also have a backup. My normal drinking with authors cup, which is the vodka, cranberry, but soda water, which will make that so much better. Oh, that was a, that was a terrible plan. Yeah. Should have thought of that before. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not as cool as Erica, but I, I do have my little drinking with authors cup and I have uh, vodka and water. So just trying to tone it down a little bit. Your vodka water is yeah, toning down a little I- <laughs> tone it down with the water but you know it's still vodka so it doesn't yeah matter. that's that's just Vanessa making up shit okay Gabby <laughs> what are you drinking well I'll start by telling you I can't do shots because no been not I good should not me. have done that shot either that means <laughs> <laughs> I made two drinks and okay. it's holiday season now I know not only when this airs but so I used cider apple cider We get good homemade cider at this place that brings down Christmas trees from Wisconsin. So I put that in with some Rodney Strong cab and I got my apples and look at this cute little guy. I just, I forgot I had him, but you put the spice in there and then you put him. Oh my God. I love that. This is adorable. This is way better than what we're doing. So festive and fun. I love it. Oh my God. That's perfect. Okay. My other one is also apple cider with this sparkling white. It's called Brute Cuvée. I got it at, we have a local store called Book and Bottle. You guys are close to me. So you're probably, but anyway, they're, they got all sorts of cool stuff. And I have it in my cup that says, Drunk Wives Matter. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, so Gabby, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you write? I write YA contemporary romance, um, and I also write paranormal romance. Very, very cool. You, but Words. There was a shot involved with that. It's fine. It's fine. I got it. When did you start writing? Um, I guess really 10 years ago. I graduated with an English degree and I wrote a couple of things and you know, they're still in my drawer. And then I wrote advertorials for magazines and I took a long break with my and had kids and was a mom and then decided when my kids were starting to get older, I was going to definitely finish that novel I always said I would finish and that novel was uh firstborn that's under my real name and that was my paranormal romance trilogy and what is your real name so people can find you Janelle Gabay that is awesome what made you decide to have two names is it because of the YA yeah I when I self-published the two the trilogy I only I did the first two books in the trilogy self-published and I, I guess, yeah, because the publisher, because it was different genres. And I think because I self-published, they wanted to have um, Dog Girl completely under a whole new name. So is that, are you, age, are you have an agent for the other series? Yes. Oh. I have an agent for Dog Girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I always hear that, that they usually, like, literary agents want you to, if you've already written something, either to write under a different name or make sure you're able to differentiate the two. It's not always due to 
Like if you want to write YA and erotica or, you know, not quite that of a big discrepancy, but you kind of still want to differentiate that they typically want, is that something that they like required of you to actually do or what kind of conversation do you think you had, you know, remember having with them about that? Yeah. Um, agent didn't, it wasn't my agent. It was the publisher, mm -hmm. but I asked my agent why, and she said, um, it has to do with book sales and distributors and bookstores. Um, they, they just want it to be like, how would I say this? Like, uh, a clean slate, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That is a new one. I have not heard <laughs> that one yet. Um, I, that's cool. I mean, the name Gabby Justice is awesome, but. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And that was some of the publisher said to us. I love that. That's so YA. So. That's so YA. Your <laughs> name is so YA. Things you never think you're going to hear this lifetime. Oh. So you went to school for English. So let's go back. We're going to, we're going to teleport in time. We're going back to your decision to study English. Did you write when you were younger? No, I, oh. um, I know I, I um, was in theater. I was totally into acting and dance. <laughs> I could act, I could dance, but I couldn't sing. So I wasn't the trifecta, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I was in theater. I was in drama. Uh, I would, then I thought about journalism. I switched schools like four times. And then so I, I don't know what, how I ended up in literature. I ended up. So you switched schools four times. I'll, this is a fun path. I'm enjoying <laughs> the ride on this particular path. I did a ton of theater when I was younger too. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the dancing as much. I had the singing and the acting, but nowhere near like Broadway level. Like I could pull off a local chorus line. Um, but what made you decide to study English after these jumps? Like, how do you go, you know what, I am going to study English. Because most people who do that are like writers or they want to be a teacher. Like, those are usually the people studying English. So I know. And I was actually considering law school. So, um, but I didn't want to do political science. And they were like, well, English is a good one for law school. So, but I'd always, I mean, loved reading. I didn't read a lot. I was kind of a, a slow reader, but I read a lot of plays. Plays were what I read mostly. And it just, I just fell into it really. So then you go to school and you start learning English where you have to do papers and write stuff because mm -hmm. that's part of the English language, weird. Um, and so what made you kind of decide like, I'm gonna write a book. I guess reading, back then I was reading, uh, I was into Daniel Steele <laughs> and the romances and I just, I thought I, thought I could do it. Well, obviously okay. you could. <laughs> so you're like, then what, how do you go from Daniel Steele who is not paranormal at all and you're like, I'm going to write about paranormal stuff. So did, did you get like a true blood thing happen? Like what happened that you went, I'm going to write paranormal romance? Well, I, I didn't. At first I wrote these two books that were kind of rom total romance. Um, one had a little drug, um, like they were drug runners or whatever, Miami. And... But like I said, they weren't very good. And, and I didn't have the, I didn't have the, what do you, uh, I can't find the word, um, discipline. I didn't have the discipline to edit. And I didn't, I didn't want to edit. You know, I was, I was lazy, I guess. I was young, I was lazy. Um, and then I ended up, I fell into writing advertorials for a medical magazine. And so I just did that. I think I fell into a editorial said no one ever. <laughs> so you, you, you start down this path. So you said you have a series, but you only have two of the three. Yes. Okay. So I, and what happened there is my kids were now teenagers. We're watching and reading twilight. We're watching and reading Harry Potter. 
uh, Divergent, Hunger Games. And I was like, ah, oh, this, I, I, was, I was more into it than my kids were. <laughs> and, and that's when I said, oh, I, could, I wanna write something like this. And my daughter was doing a paper on world, uh, the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And I, I got fascinated with history, which I never was before. And now all of a sudden I love history. And I just, immortals started flowing in my brain. Cause I thought, well, how could you go to this? How did all these people die? Maybe they didn't die. Maybe there was a, a mortal society behind the war. And I don't know, my brain went a little crazy. And so two, two of these two books just spilled out. And then the third one didn't come to, and I just, I wanted the third one to be good. I didn't want it to suck. So so many times I had read a third, the last book in the trilogy, and I thought, this really is, is just horrible. So I didn't want that. <laughs> so I, and then Dog Girl popped to my head. So I shoved that the other two aside and um, started writing Dog Girl. Okay. So are you going to come back to it? Your, I, your fans out there need to know whether or not you're coming back and finishing. We had a conversation with somebody yesterday and she was talking about that because she was saying it, it was Jody and I and Jody Lynn and I, and she's been writing since the eighties. And she talks about how many people start trilogy arcs and then don't finish them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you read one or two and that's why a lot of readers, if it says it's a series, won't start buying until there's two or possibly three and depending how many books out because they don't want that to happen where they're stuck in there's only one of this series so where is this series at when is the it is finished finally but yeah i uh, being self-published i heard that of course i heard that i was one of those people that jumped into the pool too early and i learned later that i should have held off but but I'm not, I don't regret it because I learned so much self-publishing and, and I, I kind of held back on the marketing. I'm like, okay, when my series is done, then I'm just going to go, I'm going to go balls to the walls, you know, with my marketing, but um, it never happened. Cause I never got to the third book and I did let down some people and I felt bad because they were like, where is it? And I'm like, I'm working on it. I swear. But I finally finished it. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm gonna really promote. And instead of that, I ended up submitting it to a few uh, indie publishers. Oh. And I got, and I'm gonna announce it on right now. Nobody knows yet. I'm gonna announce it December 1st, but this will air after that. So I'm safe, I guess. Yeah, you're totally um, safe. <laughs> Hearn Publishing picked it up. So they're gonna publish it. Excited. Congrats. That is exciting, especially because it's a part of a series where a lot of publishers won't go down. Are you moving all three books to them? Yes, all three. Very yeah, cool. Uh, she's going to do Firstborn 2022. And then the other one will be 2023 and 2024. Hmm. So. Wow. How do you feel about them coming out so far apart? So. And you have a theory is that Mm -hmm. one of the good things, so readers are voracious, right? Reading is um, actually more cool than I think it used to be even a little while ago. Readers are voracious. So that's one of the things that self-publishing gives you the advantage of Mm -hmm. is you're not waiting 5 million years for the next book to come out, right? Yeah. Um, You're, you know, the next book comes out in, um, uh, as soon as you want to get it done. Like we have, we've interviewed indie authors that are, are now our besties and they end up, um, you know, one of them writes 10 books a year. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I was blown away when I heard that. I was like, gosh, I would just be happy just to finish one book in a year. And, and some authors think that way, but your fans go, I have to wait an entire year for the book. And that's, that's a long time necessarily depending to wait when they said we're going to put it out in these years i mean it's exciting to get a publishing contract but at the same time where you're like but two of them are already done like i know like can't we just put them out yeah and when i was gonna before i decided to go with them i was gonna do that rapid release i was gonna re-release the other two 
And then the third one, I was going to do it probably two weeks or a month part. That was my plan. But I, um, I hope it's okay. The one year, but yeah, I did. And then so far you think of 2024 and it seems like a million years away, but I know it'll get here fast. It will. Is, is there more than three in that story arc? Have they commissioned more? Or they just want the three. Just the three. And then we'll see. We'll, I, I don't. And it's funny. It's a storyline where I love. I love the characters. I love storyline. And I would like to explore more. But then again, yeah, I have new ideas. So. Well, I think with you having all that time between releases, it'll give you time to like think like, okay, you know, maybe I can expand on this series or, you know, come up with something brand new. So you'll have time because I mean, even while you're waiting for those, you want to keep making sure you're, you're creating new stories and new books so that you have the next thing ready and lined up for when that series comes to an end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, totally. So those are coming out. Let's talk about Dog Girl. Yeah. Dog Girl's out now. Um, it's YA, uh, you know, it's funny. I have a funny story about YA. I always read it as y'all. So I would say <laughs> y'all. <laughs> One time I said, I was pitching some, at a conference, I was pitching an agent and I said, y'all. And I was like, oh, this is so humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah. So it's um, young adult contemporary romance. And it's about a girl who lives and works at a dog rescue center and she suffers from anxiety. And she, a, a video of her rescue of a pit bull goes viral. So that she's thrust into the spotlight. Um, there's, so there's, there's that. And I don't wanna give away too much, but if you love dogs, you're gonna love it. Some of the dogs become characters, which was fun. I love dogs. I have. I've had, I've had so many dogs and, and you'll fall in love with them. And, and then if you, it's great for mental illness. I've had a lot of young girls tell me that it really spoke to them, that I was happy about that. Cause you know, I wanted, I wanted that to be a, a comfort people, the, the divide, diverse, the diverse thing. Oh my God. I'm already getting, <laughs> I love that. I've, I had a shot. I'm good. Um, we're, we're not even halfway through the interview it's going to be fantastic in literary briefs I can already tell so um where did this story come from it originated on an airplane watching pit bulls and parolees I don't know if you've ever seen it on animal planet no Tia Torres has a pit bull rescue and she hires parolees so it's second chances for parolees and the dogs. And it's a huge show, you know, a lot of fan base. And I was watching it on the way to Puerto Rico. My daughter played junior tennis. Both, all my kids play junior tennis, but um, they were playing an international tournament in Puerto Rico. So I'm watching this show and I'm like, that would make a great setting for a book, especially a young, you know, kids, everyone loves dogs. That's and, true. You know, I mean, so, and I just a young girl saving dogs. And then I, so when we got to the tennis tournament, mm -hmm. he played, there's a lot of downtime, you know, the, the kids all hang out. I didn't know a lot of the parents, so I have my laptop. So I just started writing away. And I think I wrote about half or a oh, wow. story right then and there. That's amazing. So is this a potential series? Nope. This is a standalone. Okay. No, I probably, uh, no, probably not. There's one character, there's a, uh, her, one of her best friends, his name is Jimmy, and he um, had a football accident and was in a wheelchair. So uh, I thought his story might be kind of cool to, to tell. But. So you have book three almost done of the other one. What is coming up next then? What are you tip typing away on right now? I'm writing away on tennis girls. Uh, all my little, all the little dirty stories from our life at junior tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gonna dish on all the all the dirt. Dish on them all. <laughs> is it is it gonna be YA? Yes. It's oh, that's be, exciting. It's gonna be more uh, 
Gossip Girl or um, have you read the book Dare Me? I don't know. I can't remember who the oh, author is. Isn't that like a series, Dare Me? Or I, where you, yeah. a, I don't yeah. know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's a series, but it's a lot is cheerleading and okay. the, the wicked world of cheer. Oh, oh that is a wicked <laughs> world. I, I concur with that. Well, that sounds awesome. So when is that set to release? I don't, I, I'm still in the editing phase, going back and forth with my agent, like, not ready yet. It's not ready yet. <laughs> Fix this. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about editing for a second. So you went the self-published route. What made you decide to jump the self-published route? Cause it seemed easier or did you shop and get rejections and then went screwed? I'm going to self-publish. Yeah. The self-published route. I, I had written the book. I'd written firstborn, went to a bunch of conferences and learned I'd done so many things wrong, was getting feedback, feedback, feedback. Um, and got a lot of rejection. One of the best things I got though from a, an agent, he's like, you need a critique group. So I found a critique group, really helped. But, I, that, but in the critique group was, a, was a, a friend of mine who was big on self-publish and she's like, just self-publish. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it myself. And, and it was fun, I enjoyed it. But Where I, did I, you get the covers from? I have a printing company. My husband and I own a printing company. So I have a lot, but we can't print books. Believe me, we, my husband tried to print the, my book. The, you know, the, um, is it the alley? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's, is it called an alley? I, I was like, honey, I can't even see the words. They're stuck in the crease. <laughs> We're not book publishers. We're brochures. Uh, flyers, business cards, that stuff. But, well, yeah. you get all the self-promotion items then, which a lot of authors take for granted Yeah. in doing that. Oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. Um, we are at the 30-minute mark, though, so I'm going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Drinking With Authors. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Okay, we're back. Okay, so did you have your first book edited when you decided to self-publish? I did. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious, like, um, you know, what, which, like, how did you research for editors? And like, you know, how did you find one? And how, like, I'm curious, because I'm an editor as, as well. So I, I always love to hear people's different experiences. Like, was it a good one? What kind of relationship you had? You know, was it, you know, communication? You know, just what was your overall experience? I, I, the beginning, the beginning editing process, I didn't hire anybody. I just went through, I did, I guess you wouldn't call it editing. It was more beta reading. Okay. Uh, trustworthy confidants that helped me. But then I went, when I was selling it at a book venue, uh, she was like a Harvard graduate. Um, she was, she edited textbooks and, or those kind of books, uh, Education. Job for job books. Yeah. But yeah. So she, she said, Hey, would you mind if I edited your book? as just just as a as because she wanted to get into editing for fiction and I was like yeah because I knew how expensive editing was so she was a big help I was like ah yeah she found a lot of things so then I re-released it in being self-published I fixed it all and sent it out sent it out that way but I I have learned that editing is very important and very expensive I ranges Mm -hmm. my yeah no editing can be super expensive but it's more expensive to lose the people wanting to continue reading your books if you're 
editing is terrible or there's no editing at all. They say that's one of the biggest things about self-publishing and especially in the beginning of self-publishing now more so people are really getting you, you need an editor, but um, that was sort of why self-publishing was like this disdainful process because it was the books nobody wanted. So the authors did it themselves. Right. And I think uh, like what I hear is normally a, a common, you know, problem that people don't normally do is they get put off by how much editors cost, but you don't understand how extremely valuable it is to have one with that level of skill set to go in and critique your work because your beta readers are great. They're, you know, they are actual readers who are looking at your work and they're able to say, yeah, this is great or no, this is not working. But most of the times they may realize that there's nothing working, but they don't know how to articulate how to fix it. And so you need someone who is skill to do edits and go in and be able to pinpoint the problem and also explain different ways of how you can fix it and there's like three different ways to edit because the common misconception i've learned recently is you know a lot of people think that editors only just check for commas or check for misspelled words but it's it's much deeper than that there's three things you do developmental edits which is going in and seeing big world pictures does the story itself make sense? Are there characters disappearing in the narrative that should have been there, you know, going in and giving you a real depth analysis on that? Then there's the line edits, which is not just commas and misspell words, but does the sentence flow? And that means like cutting out wordiness, you know, um, eliminating passive voice and switching it into active voice. And then the final step is copy edits, which is the commas, the punctuation, are things capitalized or italicized in the right way? And so a lot of people tend to not go that route because either A, they're fearful of someone destroying their child. But the thing is, at least I can speak as a person who's a writer who had someone else edit my work. My work, no matter how much the editor tore it apart, it always came back better in the end. And so, you know, no matter what route anyone does, an editor is the most, one of the most important components in the process. Yeah, I've definitely found that. And what about covers? Did you design your own covers? Well, I designed the, the Firstborn and First Awaken covers. We have a good in, in-house graphic designer at, at, our, at our shop. But so he's great and very helpful. But Dog Girl, I had nothing... They asked me if for my input, I gave it. <laughs> they didn't. There, it wasn't. I love the cover. what you thought it would be? No. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's nothing like what I said, but I love it. It's cute. It's <laughs> super cute. What did you tell them you wanted out of curiosity? I love Rainbow Rowell. Rowell her oh. fan, yeah, her fangirl. Mm-hmm. And she's got these little cartoon characters and I wanted that. I didn't want, um, my publishing house has a lot of real people on the covers. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just didn't want a real real person. Um, I wanted a cartoon person. Do you know, they, I had that they, feel. If you wanted to, I, I'm curious because I have heard of situations where um, authors will get an illustrator. Did you Have you ever thought of getting an artist that you really love? Like, you know, if you found one on Instagram and they did a book cover for you, would they even allow you to present that as an option? Or is it no, only their in-house people can do the covers? Well, I think it was no. I think it was just their in-house. Yeah. Yeah, she did. But she did a cute job. When she put the dog collar on there, I was like, I didn't even think of that. But it's cute. (laughs) It is super cute. So this, um, you said you went to a lot of conferences. Where did you first, what was your first conference like? Like the first time you brought your book and you're like, I'm an author and here's my book. What was that like? Scary. Well, I didn't have my book. Well, my book, my first conference, I didn't have my book yet. Well, I guess I had a manuscript. It had a manuscript. Okay. So I went to Atlanta and they had a great one. And I, I wanted to go somewhere I could here's my manuscript and get it in front of an agent. You know, and I thought, oh, they'll love it. And I'll sell millions of copies, right? 
Go saves everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned, yeah, I learned how, you know, that was not going to happen. So, um, but I met great agents. I got one-on-one. -on -one. I was shaking, I think. Um, and, but it was terrific. It was just getting in front of them, learning workshops. It was, I, I think Never it's very, I think when I, the first time I ever went, so before romantic, when romantic times um, convention, book, uh, book lovers convention used to be a thing. It doesn't exist anymore. I remember I was sweating profusely <laughs> for like these agents trying to like pitch my book, but you know, it may, even though nothing really came out of it, it's a great way to practice condensing your book mm -hmm. into just like a little bite-sized um, snapshot of your story because sometimes we think it's impossible but if you really sit down and get to the core of your story it's just it's a great way to know if you have you know a, a high stake story if you can really get it down to one line mm -hmm. and it's a great way to test if you still need to do work on your own story or not yeah I don't even think I knew what an elevator pitch was I knew nothing mm -hmm. when I went I was I learned I learned in a couple we'll years. talk about trial by fire that's definitely one way to do it so when you actually are going to sell your book though when you're an author what was that like what convention did you go to to sell your book the first time well i went to BookCon in oh. chicago <laughs> well go big or go home i guess <laughs> I know. I don't know what I, who I thought I was, but <laughs> apparently you were a very big deal. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I went all by myself. Um, my husband's like, you want me to go? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. No. And yeah, I just me and my little pull in my little, um, suitcase with my books and I set all, I set everything up. And like I said, having, being a printer, I had the, the, brush, the brochures and I had the banner and, but I set it all up myself on little indie row where, where we were. Mm -hmm. And, but it was, it was intimidating. I was walking under giant banners of huge names and in this huge convention hall and I, the mobs of people that were coming and but it was fun. I mean, I, it, I didn't make zero money. I spent way too much money and made zero money, but the, the fans, I mean, I couldn't believe how many people were buying my books. I was like, you really want my book? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, really to imagine, like you should always put yourself out there and go to these events, especially like that. That's amazing that you did it because it's a, like, I remember one time going to a convention and it kind of solidified that yes, this is where I want to be. I want to be a writer. I want to be among these people. And just going to the conventions and being exposed to that adrenaline and, you know, that awesome, you know, energy. It's just a great, it's a great experience. That's awesome that you were able to do that. And I've made, and I still have a lot of those writer friends on Twitter. We tweet back and forth and it's fun, you know, yeah. encouraging. <laughs> so how many conventions have you gone to then with your books? I did two book cons. I did um, Tampa, Tampa Times. Oh, down, yeah. yeah. Tampa Times down by the Bay Bureau campus. Um, I've done some at West Shore Mall, West Shore Plaza right here in Tampa. I think that's it. Thank Do you. you, what are your fans like? So you, you self-published, what, what was that like? Did fans start? Are you, do you have fan groups? on like your Facebook or anything like that? I had a pretty neat following for the paranormal. I, they probably dropped a little bit, um, especially since the last year, I haven't social media too much on that. I've been more Gabby Justice, Gabby Justice, dog girl, dog girl, dog girl, building that. So, but I do, I still have the, the email addresses. <laughs> no that's good do you have a newsletter i do mm -hmm. very cool how frequently does your newsletter come out for everybody uh, i'm i'm not as good as i should be i tried i was doing once a month for for a long time and and now and now i'm probably doing for dog girl about once a month the last couple like five months and when did dog girl release it was super recently right yep november 17th 
Oh, wow. Wow. So what, how was release day? Were you super excited? Uh, yeah, I was, I was, um, yeah, I'm, I'm checking my Amazon all, you know, all the time getting happy or depressed <laughs> <laughs> depending on the day. Well, do? Doing well though. I do. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic has made, I, I commend any author that came out in 2020 with any releases. It's tough to begin with because you can't do like book signings or anything, but you know, uh, but that's still amazing that you still did it beyond because be, you know, besides all that, that's been against every author this year. But do you feel like you were able to do any virtual events or anything like that just to promote it? Well, I did. I did. I I did the Miami Book Fair virtually. Mm. Oh, I, I don't. There's no way it. It. I don't. I. I don't think I like virtual book fairs because unless they're going to send me a report, like, did anybody actually buy? Did anybody click on my page? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're going to send me that when it's over. It's not, it, it goes on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing another one um, in Gainesville that starts in January. So, but it's weird. You're not really interacting. You're not engaging. I, no, I, I can't imagine doing that. I've done, I've done conferences virtually. And obviously we do drinking with authors virtually when the pandemic started, but it definitely changed in-person events. And I'm hoping that sometime mid next year, we're able to get back to the in-person events. Yeah, I hope but so. Have you found that you've done more socializing with your writer friends since the pandemic started virtually or? Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, Tampa Writers Alliance. We I go to their Zoom meetings once a month, and that's fun. Um, oh wait, wait, wait! Is that the one in Carrollwood? Yeah. Oh my God, you're like really near me. <laughs> I go to that Barnes and Noble to go write in the cafe. I used to write in the back room. Yeah. Obviously, with COVID, they kind of changed up, and then they put all the sales items back there. Oh. But okay. I've always actually wanted to do it so that's fascinating you do that was it is it once a month or like how often they have the critique group twice a month they were my, they were my critique group for a long time it's huge like 25 people yeah and so you find you know you listen to everybody but you'll find a couple people that you really cling to and that's where I met Alicia Snyder that you had on how I found out about you all oh yeah yeah, yeah she's she is such a delight. She's very funny. She actually happened to be one of our guests that we had a series of episodes that got something happened to them. They got uh, corrupted. So we had to re-record and she was gracious enough to re-record with us when we had a computer malfunction with our episode. So wow. yeah, no, she's amazing. When, um, when you found the uh, critique group, so when they gave you that advice, go find a critique group, what was that like for you at first? Because, you know, that can be daunting at times. Yeah. Um, and then I, I would, I was looking online. I think what, there's an app like Meet Meetup or something. Oh, yeah. Like Meetup. It was still confusing because I was like, I don't <laughs> It was confusing, but I finally got a hold of somebody from Tampa Writers Alliance, and that was another thing. Just trying to get people to call you back or or figure out where are you meeting and can I just show up and what do I do and and somehow I figured it out. Yeah, no, I actually Googled writing groups in Tampa, and that was the one that was pretty much at the top of the list. But I don't know why I ended up connecting with a group in Orlando, so I would drive an hour away, even though there was one like really nearby me, but, uh, but it's interesting how you kind of find your tribes, mm -hmm. but yeah, that is amazing. Uh, cause I know they do a lot of work, a lot of great things for the community, writing community as well. So, and, and right now during COVID, are they just doing virtual events or they, what, what kind of setup do they have right now? Well, I, I'm not doing the critique group anymore. Oh, okay. I've been out of that for probably a year now, mm. and I have now a, kind of a little, just three, three, just, there's just three of us. Um, so, but there, I go to their once a month Zoom meetings, 
So they do once a month, the first Wednesday of the month, they do a Zoom meeting. And then the second and fourth Wednesday, they do critique groups. It just got to be too much. I couldn't. Um. <laughs> no, so you have a smaller group of people you've gotten together. Do you have beta readers too? I do. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody consistent. Um, I, I for, for Dog Girl, I reached out to these. Well, at from BookCon, I met these two young girls. They're so cute. And I found out they live a half an, like an hour from me through, we found out this out through Instagram. So I reached out to them. I said, Hey, you remember me from book con and, and you let, you bought my books and would you be interested in reading dog girl? So they gave me kind of the young teenage perspective, but I got from them. They're cute and nice. And everything they said was great, but they're young. So they didn't want to upset me, I guess. They, they didn't want to tell me the bad news. So no, being a beta reader is a specific kind of reader. It's kind of like an editor. You can have a friend that might help you with your punctuation, but they're not an editor. They're somebody helping you with your punctuation. You can give your friends the books, but you know, it's funny is um, I think a lot of people and we, we haven't talked about this a lot in the, the, the podcast, but you as an author should make a, this is what I expect of my beta reader list and go, I'm willing to give you my book, but I want you to do that and find a collective. So if you have people signed up for your newsletter, find the most engaged people and make them your beta reader collective and see if they want to take that on, meaning they'll get first crack at all your books. But if you want to go, this is what I want you to tell me about my book, because it's very like we can get a lot of people to go. That's really cool. Yeah, that helps us. Not at all. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You sometimes have to tell people like, hey, I can only get better by knowing your brutal honesty. I mean, it's not like they're going to, they shouldn't come after you in a, in a mean way, but they should be honest and straightforward, you know, be like, you know, right. this is working, but, you know, unfortunately this character, you know, either I don't understand his motivation or, you know, you need someone to go in and be brutally honest and yeah. beta readers only can go so far just because they are readers. They're not, most of the time they're not writers. And so they're able to kind of give you like, Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Or I don't like this character or you made me feel this way. But if they're making, if they're feeling a certain way that you didn't intend it, they nine times out of 10 cannot tell you how to fix it. And that's why it's super important to connect with people who are trying to either A, be in the same kind of goals as you. So finding another writer who wants to be published because mm -hmm. working together and, and, you know, exchanging back and forth is a great way to get, you know, feedback and you're helping each other out. Or if you have the means then, you know, to be able to pay for an editor to really go in and do the nitty gritty work. Yeah, I, that's what I found. I found that I exchange, that my beta reading is better with another author and we exchange our books. Mm -hmm. so that's, yeah. yeah, I've definitely found there, they, they will critique you hard. Yeah. That's, and that's how <laughs> Alicia was, she read Dog Girl in the beginning and she was one of them. And she, I mean, I attribute the ending a lot to what she told me. Cause she's like, why did you're, you need to do this? Um, how would your character have acted in that situation? Because I had just, I made this, it's a kind of a, a fight scene, a brawl, and it was very um, stiff. And she's like, no, what would Ryan, specific to his character, what would he do? How, how would he fight that out? What would Kendall do specific to her personality? You know, so I was like, oh, you're right. So, yeah, I, I that's a great way to editor, a good editor is someone that doesn't always tell you what you have to do because at the end of the day, you as the author have final, you know, are able to make those more final decisions, but an editor should be able to shake up your current, you know, mind of thinking of story and force you to think in a different way that you normally wouldn't. And that's what, by asking those kinds of questions and that's how you would come to a new pathway that you wouldn't have before, you know, and that's great that she was able to, you know, really go in there and ask you those important questions. Yeah. yeah. Do you find a lot of, do you, do you make a lot of notes? How, how does your inspiration work? Could you explain how you came up with dog girl, which is very interesting, 
But do you, like for me, I constantly, I do HR, so I get this opportunity all the time to people watch because I get to see the good and the bad of humans regularly. But I find myself watching all the time, even if I'm interacting at events, different interactions will cause me to go, oh, this is a thing or something somebody says, or, you know, I see a circumstance and I write in two genres, but I write horror. So a lot of my stuff is how can I, how can this go really, really wrong? Right. But where do you find your inspiration? It, it comes out of the blue. Like the, for firstborn, it was my daughter's civil war paper. And then for dog girl, it was that TV series for the tennis girl book. It's just knowing all these ins and outs of the tennis world. And I just, thought that would be uh, fun. Uh, I, so yeah, it's it's the real world. It's things like that. I, I do eavesdrop. I was just actually yesterday getting my nails done. And oh, well, that's a good place to do that. <laughs> this aunt and her three nieces were getting their nails done. They were blocked, jabbering away and um they're african-american so i i was very i'm like eavesdropping because they were watching baywatch they had old baywatch you know from 19 whatever 80 or something i mean and the girls were talking about how there was no diversity you know she's like there's no diversity in baywatch but i was it was just i was loving to listen to their conversation and how and just what they thought and and comparing the old with the new. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I just. I actually find it hard to watch stuff that I used to watch as a kid. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't feel the same way about this as I did as a kid, like uh, Friends. Yeah. Great, funny show. But, you know, the cast members, I remember taking uh, women's studies in college and they we talked about friends how unrealistic that whole setup is and as much as it's funny but you know the lack of diversity and also all those poor uh people could not afford that apartment you right. know they could not afford that apartment exactly <laughs> so, yeah the uh, joey who was trying to be an actor and all these different things it's just like come on you know and it's just it's interesting how much now comparing TV today, even though we still have a long ways to go and making sure there's more representation, how much things in the past now seem problematic and how we can grow and change from that, you know? Right, right. So do, when you get inspired like that, do you take notes? Do you do voice recordings? How do you track your, your brilliant inspiration? I, yeah, voice for sure on my phone. Um, a lot of things come to me when I'm driving. Uh, for some reason, I'm, I'm, my brain clicks on and, and of course you can't, you know, it's supposed to text and drive and, and all this stuff. So I, I voice notes, voice notes is huge. I use a ton of voice notes. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you use the regular memo pad or do you use Evernote? Uh, which application do you use? The regular memo pad. Yep. I'm not good with all these applications i have <laughs> i have a writer friend who loves scrivener she loves any gadget and i'm like no no i can't do that <laughs> just give me word but yeah you, like, but there's a lot of authors that think that too you don't have to use any of the programs it just depends on like how your your uh your mind works for me i write high fantasy so i need a lot of organization and easy ways of accessing notes of scrivener helps me but I know quite a few authors that rather just like no just give me word I want it simple and easy and then another thing I did I could tell you I printed it all out and I all on my office floor chapter by chapter by chapter and just laid it all out and just to make sure it all I guess I'm very hands-on um, and then sometimes I'll make a poster board I used to have ripped out magazine pictures or printed out magazine pictures pasted all over my wall so i do things like that have you ever used pinterest board for storyboards i haven't got into pinterest yet but I, I i do want to but i'm afraid i'll get there'll be another thing that's gonna you know 
You can go down the rabbit hole of Pinterest yeah. very easily. Yes, it is. It is. I, I just as an alternative for you know cutting out photos or anything. I I use Pinterest and I have storyboards, but it's definitely one of those things that it's a great tool. But with any tool, you can't let it take away from you actually writing. So at the end of the day, use it, but sparingly for sure. No, absolutely. Okay, we're nearing the end of the episode. So Gabby, what advice would you give an author out there? Definitely just do it. That's, you know, for me, I'm a, we, I know you talk about pantsers and plotters all a lot on the show too. And I'm definitely a pantser. I'm a, you know, you have to learn through making mistakes and you have to learn by getting out there and don't put, I put it off for years, you know, I mean, my kids are grown. I put it off for years and I wish I'd started younger and but. Well, you still got plenty of time to get lots of writing done. Yeah. So since you have two different names, let's do a little shameless, oh my goodness, well, that shot's there, <laughs> self-promotion of both. So how do people find you? Dog girls everywhere. Um, wherever you can go to, uh, you know, Saturday, well, that's right. I forget. We're not airing until a long time from now, but um, it was, right now it's... Saturday is Shop Small Saturday, right after Thanksgiving. So definitely go to your local bookstores and ask for it. They'll probably have to ship it to you. But if you ask, you know, that would be great. And Amazon, it's an it's a ebook and a paperback. Wonderful. And then if people wanted to follow you, you have um, Facebook, website, Twitter. Everything's Gabby Justice. Um, I think... It's all Gabby. Some of them might have an underscore, but or www.gabbyjustice.com. Gabby with an I. So. Awesome. And uh, the other one, the other name you write under, your real name. How do yeah. people find you there? Janelle Gabay. Janelle Gabay Books is a lot of things are out there. Janelle Gabay Books. That's my website, janellegabaybooks.com. But the books are actually, I've taken them off. I took them off Amazon a while ago of course this they're still out there i guess because once they're in the system no once they're out they're out it's the internet <laughs> so the re-releases won't be out till 2022 gosh i can't believe it 2022 is going to be the first release first release the first re-release re-release got it and then one year after each other you'll have all three and are you planning on writing anything else under that name Gabby or Janelle? Janelle. Janelle. I, I, I love the paranormal romance, fantasy. I love all that stuff. So I definitely am planning to write more books. Perfect, under, perfect. Under my real name. Awesome. You have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being here with us. So much. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm so glad. So this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. And we'll see you next time.